0: Well, I'm a running down the road with Barbera in tow I got 15 titles on my mind Seven world once, one hardcore And seven tags with four different guys I take a reason, take a reason don't let the sound of gongs and bells drive you crazy Lights open, raise my hands Don't even try to understand The supernatural dead man to so take a reason Well I'm standing on the corner of Death Valley, California Such a bright fire I see it's my house, my lord, burned to the floor Lost my parents, brother, everything Come on, Kenny, please don't blame me Paul Bearer took me in as his, and tried to train me Rarely lose, I usually win I never thought I'd see you again you opened up the cell and climbed in So freakin' easy Now I'm running down the road and I'm all on my own Got a decade of destruction Call me big evil, not Bugger, but do call me American And B- take a-, a reason, take a easy Don't let the sound of get drive you crazy. Come on, fancy and you bury me. I'm coming back as the dead man. Take a reason. You want to take a reason. You want to take a reason.
1: Creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 209 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of Haltizai. The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I want to welcome in my co-host, my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow member of the Pod Street crew. If you're watching on video right now, you can see that he is trapped in the closet, but not in the casket, thankfully. Rather be in the closet than in the casket. Mr. Travis White. Travis, my man, would you consider yourself a history buff?
2: Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. How did Love you, history.
1: How did you do an AP US history in school? First test ever failed was the first one.
2: And uh, after that, <laughs> I got back together, wound up getting a great A in that class. Okay. <laughs> but that was, one my, that was literally my favorite class in high school. So,
1: well, yeah. we're not That's doing- a teacher, probably. Yeah. Woo! He was a big Holy wrestling fan. Yeah. He was. He, uh, this is not AP US history. This is APUT history, as in The Undertaker history. And this is a special course that we're offering here tonight to our listeners. The complete history of the casket match. It's going to be a very unique episode, something like this we've never quite done before. But we're going to explore the origins The evolution, the history of The Undertaker's signature match. The match that has been synonymous with his career across almost all 30 years of his career. He had a casket match throughout almost all of those years. And uh, we're going to talk about the origins of it. We're going to talk about how it originated Before The Undertaker uh, even existed, before he was even a wrestler, we had the casket matches Origins. Uh, We'll talk about all the major ones, all the ones on pay-per-view and TV uh, and and our memories of those and how it changed, how it evolved, what the best ones were. We're going to explore... All of the unaired casket matches. There are so many house show, dark match, untelevised casket matches with some very unique opponents. So we're going to talk about some of those, some that we wish we would have seen. And then how the casket match has gone beyond even The Undertaker with other casket matches in WWE and then throughout TNA, AEW, and how it continues to evolve. So uh, we'll get to all of that here uh, in a little bit. Uh, But, you know, before we jump into everything, Travis, just you know, kind of set the stage. Tell us, uh, what is the casket match? What is the importance of it to the Undertaker's career? I mean, what just comes to mind, initial thoughts when you hear the words casket match?
2: The first thing I see when I hear casket match is Rumble 94. That's the first thing I see. you know. And then those old vignettes from when we were children of him building the casket. It's such an important piece of the mythology of the character. You know, we talked early on in this series about how the time he debuted, everybody was a character, but they had so much backstory and so many just nuanced things to go along with him. You know, he is an, an Old West Undertaker. That was the original, you know, <laughs> right. thing with him. Then he became like the Dead Man type, you know, zombie-ish guy. But, but anyway, i just saying like, he, it just, it's part of his character. It's you, He is... The casket match. You you can't say twenty five years, thirty five years from now, people are going to say casket match Undertaker to be the first guy pops their mind, not Darby Allen, not anybody else. It's gonna be Undertaker. So
1: Absolutely. it's such a part of the lore of the Undertaker. Yeah. Um it it helped really set him apart to have this unique match. Not a lot of guys have signature specialty matches. And um, it was always... It's only
2: like one of his 11 signature
1: matches. Oh, too, he, yeah. he had so this many was, more. This was his first one. Yeah. <laughs> but it, and this is the one that really stuck, the one that really yeah. lasted, unlike some of the other ones, uh, knockoffs that we talked about. Um, but and, and it was always a big deal whenever one was announced. It was a great yeah. way to just add to the hype of a, of a pay-per-view or, or maybe Unique. a match that wasn't really, uh, didn't have much going on for it, but you throw that stipulation on it and the crowd's like, Oh, Ooh, now
2: you're, I got to see. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. You're automatically, you're not going to the bathroom break during a casket match.
2: No. Yeah. No. It's, kind of, it's like you go going to a house show. It's like, oh, Undertaker vs. Quang in a casket match.
1: Yes! <laughs> That's a main not, event not right a, there. Not
2: a popcorn break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a main event now. <laughs> well, we got, a,
1: we got a few like that that we'll talk about on yeah. some of these house show matches. But, uh, of course, it has been a busy month. January has been a busy month in the life of the dead man, in the life of Mark Calloway, the Undertaker. So before we get into our main topic for tonight, you know we got to give you our review of this month's Undertaker sightings.
3: Some of these Undertaker sightings—it's almost like Ripley's.
1: Believe it or not, it's we'll true. Travis, should we start with the big one or uh, save that one for last? We'll start with the little one. Yeah, okay. Let's start with the, with the, the little one. I got a couple of little ones here.
2: Appetizers. Uh,
1: so the Undertaker popped Quet up our
2: palates. <laughs> Sorry. Well,
1: you don't want to get these wet. You don't want to get your sneakers wet. Not these That sneakers. is true. Um, we're talking about the Undertaker on an episode of Sneaker Shopping. Um, I believe is that exactly what it's called. Um, no
2: idea. I just came across online and sent it to you. It was like, what is happening? And what world are we living in?
1: Well, you know, it's crazy. Uh, this is actually a pretty big deal. Um, it's called Complex. Uh, the YouTube channel is Complex. The show is called Sneaker Shopping. And um, it's one of the most popular YouTube shows out there. You know, Undertaker was on Hot Ones. Uh, he was on it's Crazy Cola's Balls with Kevin Hart, getting an ice bath. He's done the tour of these YouTube shows, uh, and this one's a big deal. I gotta say, I I don't know about you, man. I know. Uh, less than nothing about sneaker culture. I uh, I buy my tennis shoes from Walmart. <laughs> Shame. Knockoff, Amen. Right? Man. So uh, I got nothing on this, but I, got... I do know it is a big deal. And it, there's a whole culture around all this stuff.
2: If my tennis shoes cost more than $24.98, I'm not buying. Them. <laughs> Absolutely not. I have not. My, my tennis shoes I wear to like work and cut the grass in there from Walmart. And my quote unquote nice Shoes, I might wear a church or from Target, so they cost <laughs> me an extra five bucks. That's right. That's like, right. They look like kind of like Vans or something. So yeah, I, I'm not a sneaker guy. We've already <laughs> talked about how I don't collect anything. So yeah, I definitely don't collect sneakers. But it is a huge world. It's big and just all kinds of entertainment. I mean, you, you tend to think of rap, you know, and hip hop culture with it, but there's plenty of people not in that. There are mega church pastors.
0: That are uh, yes. sneaker
2: sneakerheads, <laughs> yeah. Right or wrong, but there are mega <laughs> church pastors that are sneakerheads. You know, I know Sam Roberts who does a lot of work with WWE, great shows. Uh, he's a big sneakerhead. You know, a lot of guys are. So, and yeah, this is a big deal. So,
1: I mean, it came out two days ago. It already has four hundred thirty-five thousand views on YouTube. So, I mean, it's, Good. it's a popular show. Yes. I'm not sure Undertaker is a sneakerhead either, just gauging off of uh, what we saw about it. But they they had some fun conversations. They talked about his – well, he talked about pretty much everything he has is black. And uh, he talked about the Converse uh, Chuck Taylors that he used to wear playing basketball. uh, Nice. Which is like, you know, can you imagine wearing that to play basketball nowadays? That's what they all wore. (laughs) Yeah. a size 15 uh, is what he says. He's a size 15.
0: Undertaker, your basketball career has been well documented, but since it's a sneaker show, I want right. to talk about like the sneakers you were wearing back then. I think what you know, we found the pictures. Do you remember what like exactly you were wearing back in the day? Yeah, back in the day,
4: uh, at practice we had the canvas Chuck Taylors. Okay. Chuck Taylors. Okay. But okay. For games, man, we had Dr. J's. All right. We had the leather Dr. J's. I love those shoes. And it was always fun, man. When we got our gear, our practice gear, our game gear, man. Get those fresh Dr. J's, man. So it was always a highlight of basketball season.
0: So Converse Converse was big back then. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, but like playing in Chuck Taylor's, you know, we see Chuck Taylor's all over the sneaker stores now. How tough was it for a guy your size playing in Chuck Taylor's? Well,
4: at the time, you know, I mean, I'm a young man. I'm in my teens. So it, when you're in your teens, nothing really bothers you, right? Okay. You can play with cinder blocks on your feet, right? But I couldn't imagine playing basketball basketball and canvas chuck taylor's at this point
1: no then he goes around he buys a couple pairs of shoes uh he literally buys a pair of crocs uh while they're at the, the secret store and uh that's
2: something i've never owned
1: <laughs> but they're like they're cool now again it, it's weird in some like places still will make fun of them
2: and people around where i live now don't make fun of them around them because oh, they're no. coming back and like they're there are some designer kind of like Crocs and stuff. So That's yeah, kind of what it's weird. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I don't get it. More power to him. I'm sure yeah. <laughs> the dead man can do whatever he wants. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a fun little thing. It's like, it's like 10 minutes on YouTube, but definitely go check that out if you haven't yet. Um, like I said, I, it, I don't get it, but, uh, it's cool to see him on it. It's cool to see him. I'm glad that he's getting to have fun doing this yeah. sort of stuff because, um, you know, it was by choice, but for many years he never got to do stuff like this uh, and show his character and, and do this fun sort of stuff. So I'm glad he's getting to soak yep. all this in. And um, it, again, it speaks to the power of Taker that you that they would want to bring him in this show that has yeah. uh, all these other mainstream celebrities and stuff on there.
2: Especially him not being one you consider like you don't think of him as it. They're like, oh, we're never going to get viewers just because it's the Undertaker. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, right. And it introduces him to a whole new uh, you know, audience, dude, They might say, oh, and they might hub over WWE, you know, this one. So uh, it's always good.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, he was promoting his One Dead Man show that uh, if you're listening to this now, um, it's already taken place, it took place Royal Rumble weekend. So uh, we'd love to get a report from you. If any of you creatures of the night, uh, any of you out there in the Pod Street crew uh, were at this One Dead Man show, we'd love to hear a report on it. Uh, he's got some more autograph signings lined up. Uh, as well. Uh, so, you know, of course, if you do attend and you wear one of our Talking Taker t-shirts or merchandise, take a picture with the dead man, please send that to us uh, and you will be rewarded for your efforts. Uh, we'll just say that. If you get a PSK
2: tattoo across your belly, like Taker, your- <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> you know, I don't have any tattoos, but I'm 40. If I if I want one, I might get a PSK. I think for, uh, 10
1: year anniversary of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Me, and you, if we make it that long,
2: well, I get my wife's name and my ring finger, and then a PSK across my stomach. No, no,
1: you get your wife's name right here across <laughs> oh, your throat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> That's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, y'all you been married for like uh, 15 years uh, now, almost you know? 14 years. Yeah, 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 I think it'll last. Yeah, <laughs> all right.
3: <laughs>
2: oh that's funny
1: uh and then before we do get into the main of the big uh the big undertaker signing of the month uh, i want to mention i I saw this on social media and uh as far as i know it's true uh, but uh the man who played the original creature Mm, of the night Uh, you remember this travis uh Mm -hmm. like 95 these characters would show up uh in the crowd uh, a man and a woman seemed to always be the same one um Apparently his name was Doug Bate or excuse me uh, Dave Learman um, and he uh, was also apparently like part of the Howard Stern Show crew uh, weirdly enough which I, I I never realized I didn't this, know I, yeah. but apparently he passed away recently so uh, sad yeah. to see uh, part of the Undertaker's another part of the Undertaker's lore his history yeah. pass away we just want to wish uh, rest in peace and well wishes to him and his family wait a minute creatures
3: of the night and karma is a. fans do not deserve this purple barrage. It's a great weekend for them to start getting a tan. Comma. Obviously uh, take taking exception to their presence and taking an exception
1: to the fact that they brought a little present for him. That, that black wreath.
3: Yeah, he stood out
1: in the crowd. Man. Yeah. <laughs> he did his job. He did his job. Um, well, yeah, the big news uh, i don't think we had this had even been announced by the time we did our last episode but the undertaker appeared no. at raw triple x raw 30 uh the other night and boy i did not see this coming this type of appearance did you
2: not at all you know they had advertised him as the in the dead man garb and everything i saw one advertisement online that had him in kind of his more street clothes- ish but i still thought like they're just putting it up there because that's who we know him as now. He's not like he's come back as the Undertaker, you know, like the dead man. I had no idea. And this segment, oh man, it's just great. You got Ellie Knight out there, who I love. Yeah, I love that guy. I know some people say he's like a the rock lighter or but dude, who cares? He's doing a great job. And uh he's out there and he's calling him calling out whoever's in the back, and just when you hear that gong. That crowd just popped so big, man. It's saw that big moon on there, and then when it came next, and then it went off, and you heard Kid rock. rock. That <laughs> crowd popped again, and I about lost it, dude. I was sitting on the couch out there. I put my kids to sleep. My wife was still putting my daughter down, and I about jumped off the couch. And she's like, "You want to watch the TV?" I was like, "Give me a second, I'm like, take her." It's it's the American BA. He's on here. Like, I was losing it, dude. I was like, "This is amazing." So um. Yeah,
1: and then he got a third pop when he came out on the bike. <laughs> well, when it, when the wheel crept out, and then and then he got the bike out, and then he got it down the ramp. But having some technical difficulties with that, yeah. Marcia. So I thought we were getting a, uh, a Hulk over. <laughs> <laughs> I was very nervous on the couch. Like, oh, no, please, don't let this bike stall out. And I texted
2: um, you immediately. I was like, this is just oh, insane, dude. Yeah,
1: man, the first <laughs> appearance of the American badass character in uh, – uh, nineteen years or twenty? I guess yeah. Nineteen and a half. Well, two thousand three Survivor Series was the last time he yeah. came out on a bike. You know, of course, WrestleMania um, thirty-six, the Boneyard match. That was sort of yeah, it was sort of a, 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 a mishmash, a mixture of all yeah. of his different eras. So I would call this one the first real appearance of the Biker Taker in, exactly. in twenty years. So to see that logo on there, having come out yeah. on a bike, uh, you know. Goosebumps. And they licensed Kid Rock. That
2: was just great. It wasn't yeah. the... How would you feel the, about
1: that? Do you think they made the right oh, choice there?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I I think they too. made cause it Because it says American... You know, it says what it is. Yeah. Like, that's his character. Yeah. I know that he changed to role and that may have been a little more uh, upbeat and iconic, some, some people think. And then when he changed to this is my yard song or whatever it is. Like, I'm glad they didn't play that one. Dead oh, that walking. one no. No, 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 no. But this one, it was just like the fact that they got the license for this to play. It was just incredible to me. I, like, I just, they never do that anymore. They changed their own music now. Okay. Yes. Charlotte's music. This new music. <laughs> so the fact they went above again, I said it since episode one, the, the attention to detail and the, the production that they put into The Undertaker's character from year one to year 33 now is just above anybody else, Yeah. anybody. So
1: yeah, it was
2: amazing.
3: That's about what I thought. I didn't think anybody showed because they ain't got enough to feed.
1: The only thing he was missing was, uh, I wish he would have had like the big trench coat on, you know, he came out in his one dead man show t-shirt he's advertising, you know, I, I respect that, but we should have had something like that. And he was missing a, just a big old pull of tobacco. <laughs> he was missing was,
2: the carabiner. Around
1: his. Did, I didn't see that. I didn't <laughs> notice that. What if he
2: had that? That'd have been amazing. Oh, Randy would have you know, Randy
3: be like, what his brain, brain would have exploded.
1: But, uh, Dude, I, uh, I gotta say, I'm one of those people that I don't get LA night. I don't, I I mean, I I appreciate his, uh, love him. I appreciate that he has, you know, charisma, but God, he reminds me so much of Mr. Kennedy, just like too much, man. He just seems like a knockoff stone cold that you'd see trying to main event your local indie show. That's what I feel about him, but, uh, you're not supposed to like him, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I don't like him. Uh, which is perfect. That's that's exactly who I want to see get beaten up yeah. by the dead man. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, Undertaker did not beat him up. He gave him the goozle, but uh, who should For come out? <laughs> uh, he gave him a long goozle, but uh, who should come out to uh, actually uh, get the uh, beat down on LA night?
2: Bray Wyatt. New and improved Bray Wyatt 2.0, 3.0, 4.05. I don't know which Bray Wyatt this is. It's Bray Wyatt. <laughs> It's a, a bunch of uh, Wyatt sticks, I guess, uh, six So yeah, he comes out, and this this whole thing was, and we were talking about this before we started recording. Like this RAW was great because they utilized the quote unquote legends to further storylines or put over talent, not rather than bury them and say how much better they were. So Taker comes out, goozles Elliot Night, Bray Wyatt shows up, Taker. Takes Goozles and shoves him to Bray Wyatt, saying, "No, it's your turn. Like you do it." Bray Wyatt sits the Abigail, and then we get the sweet nothings. He whispers into Bray Wyatt's ear, <laughs> and Bray with that look, and then take her. Eventually, rides off once his motorcycle starts back up. But uh, I, I, some people are calling it passing the torch. Who mm-hmm. knows? I don't mm-hmm. care. It was just, I don't, I don't ever want to know what he said to him. Ever, mm. I don't ever want to know what he yeah. said to him. I don't need to know that. I know that Bray Wyatt went on social media afterward and out of character said it was, you know, all of his career is built up to this. Like, that's what he needed. And it was just, it was huge for him to have that moment. And this is a guy who's already feud with Taker and lost to
4: him.
1: This is a guy who's been world champion two, three times already. Who's, you know, been to the mountaintop. Uh, And for him to say that after, you know, eight years of of being Bray Wyatt and and being a, a huge one of the biggest characters in all of wrestling for him to come out and say that is like, wow, that, yeah, that's incredible. The um,
2: testament to the power of the rub of the undertaker, you know,
1: I want, maybe he told braid what the belt hook is all about. What the maybe. maybe that's the secret he told him. Yeah. Uh, um, Bray maybe was, he
2: said, Hey man, what the heck's a mountain Dew pitch black match. <laughs>
1: Which is like, Ugh. I don't know. Well, that is certainly a match that I don't think will stand the test of time, like the casket match has. I don't think we'll have uh, yeah. <laughs> dozens and dozens of Mountain Dew pitch black matches to talk about. <laughs> Maybe Next,
2: the summer. Summer stands gonna Mountain Dew Baja Blast match. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: IBC Cream Soda Classic. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> they do a cheer one suds on there. <laughs> tell us what soda matches you'd like to see sponsor <laughs> WWE you know i'm a coach, programming folks one. oh yeah of yeah. course yeah let, let us know in the comments folks but uh yeah just an awesome awesome thing was Ooh, not vault expecting
2: match, can have that <laughs> a vault a surge surge ball could be like a uh,
1: vault could be like
2: the uh the concrete grip, you know mm, yeah. yeah i got you. anyway i'm done
1: <laughs> dr pepper code red match
2: Oh, that was what the Fiend used to have. All the lights went down. Yeah, that is right. That's what it <laughs> yeah. was all
1: along. He's our, he's they should have been sponsored. Mountain Dews.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got uh, the leg up on a Mountain Dew match.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, it just uh, it, it was awesome to see a, a, something that we will remember forever for The Undertaker. It was, it, uh, of course. The undertaker is going to have a meaningful appearance on one of these nights. You know, uh, we were talking earlier too, like there's a lot of those legends that were just backstage just part of that poker match, you know, just getting a pop, just waving <laughs> to the camera, <laughs> DDP, DiBiase, you know, guys like that. IRS, unfortunately, Your we are to see him. Day. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Of course, ruining everybody's night. <laughs>
3: Pay your taxes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Load them up. All of it.
3: All All of it.
4: No, you can keep that. You earned it. (laughs) Everybody's got a price.
1: Who's money? Corbin? To Corbin, and JBL's. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fine. He gave him a hundred dollars. So. <laughs> yeah. I um, did laugh. I, I gotta say, I did laugh when he said, "You earned this." And gave him the... Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just speaks to the Undertaker that his segment mattered. You know, it really mm. had an impact on a character and on the storyline, and really moved things forward. Whereas and it, it doesn't always re- happen on these legends shows. Exactly, and it
2: gave a rub to both other, both younger guys yes. in the storyline. And La Knight was not hurt one bit. Oh no, 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 one bit by that. That's he's a guy. He and Sami Zayn are, are supposed to. That's supposed to happen, Miz. That's not supposed to happen to them. So he was not hurt one bit. I mean, I don't know how many views that clip has on YouTube, but I guarantee it's a ton. Right. And the other guy in it is Elliot Knight. So right. only looking up for him in his career. So that's Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a fan. of this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, who knows if that'll be the last time we see Taker in a segment like that. Probably not, but uh, still a very cool segment. One will always remember and a great way to kick off 2023 in the year of The Undertaker. But uh, as for us, like I said, no pitch bat, no pitch black matches that we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the casket match, a match that has truly stood the test of time. And uh, like I said, we're going to run through the history of it, the entire evolution of it here. You know, we're not going to talk about move by move through any of these matches, no. but just, you know, no. memories of the ones the that we've seen. cut. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing that. We've got episodes covering all of these yeah. televised yeah. casket matches. Exactly. Uh, you can hear those in the archives. Now We're just going to talk about the evolution of it and uh, uh, explain to us the rules and the basic theme of a casket match, Travis.
2: Well, basically, what we've come to understand is that you beat your opponent so badly that they are almost out of it long enough for you to roll them into the casket, close the lid, thus sealing them in. You win the match.
1: That's it. You know. That's it. You right want to beat
2: it like a last man standing. You want they can't answer the count. You roll them in. Boom. They're done. There's no pinfalls, no submissions. I guess no DQs. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So you just roll them in there, close it. They don't die not pitch black lights out for them. They're just, they're just in there. They're
1: humiliated. They're humiliated by it though, because
2: they got beat so bad. They couldn't answer. They couldn't get up on the
1: casket. Well, some heels do sell it. Like it is going to be their death. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. And, um, yeah, great point to bring up the last man standing match uh, as sort of the evolution of that, because that really is where this evolves from. Uh, and, um, A lot of people may not realize this, but the first casket match ever, uh, excuse me, the first recorded coffin match, and we'll talk about the difference between those here in a little bit, the first recorded coffin match took place all the way back in 1980. So October 24th, 1980 is the first recorded coffin match. And uh of course, no Undertaker is involved in this. He wasn't even around in the world of pro wrestling yet. He was still playing basketball somewhere, uh, on some street corner, I guess, uh going home to Mama Taker. Um now this involved uh someone who was in the Undertaker's first WWF match and uh his co-star in Scooby Doo and the Curse of the Speed Demon, old Dusty Rhodes, uh taking on uh the Russian Bear Ivan Koloff in a Houston Wrestling Texas Death Coffin match. Um wow. Yeah. And this is cool. You you can actually find this footage. Uh it's readily available on YouTube. It's not on Peacock or anything like that, but it, it's pretty easily found on YouTube. And uh, it takes, supposedly, takes place under Texas deathmatch rules. So there's a, uh, every time there's a pinfall, there's a 10 count to see if the opponent can answer the count. And if they cannot, then the loser will be forced to leave the ring in a coffin. And, uh, at first I didn't realize why, but commentary does eventually say that the reasoning is because, uh, Ivan Koloff has been saying on promos that he's wants to bury all of the great American wrestlers. And that's where go. the casket stipulation comes into play here. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Well, you know, they're making it make sense.
1: It, yeah, I guess. it does. But then the match doesn't quite make sense <laughs> if you go back and watch it. So, uh, uh, Dusty actually demands that this coffin—and I say that in quotation marks—be uh, placed in the middle of the ring to start the match.
0: Well, let's listen to Boyd again and see what happens. No,
4: there
3: is I a. I want it button. in the ring. I want the coffin inside the
4: ring. Boyd Pierce has just. Rather, Dusty Rhodes has just announced over Boyd Pierce's. Uh, microphone that he wants the coffin in the middle of the ring. Ivan Koloff is saying he wants it out. Somebody's going to get a ride in
3: the coffin,
1: and it's
3: going to stay in the, in the
1: ring. You remember Interesting. On, you remember, I think it was on SmackDown 2, uh, Know Your Role, where they had casket yes. matches on there. and You, you could, just
2: Irish whipped them into it, and then... <laughs> fall in He's, you yeah, picked you it, it up it like a table put... or a
1: chair yeah. or hit people with it yeah right in the rig well that's what this ca- coffin is like uh and it is the cheapest flimsiest coffin there's no lid on it um it looks like a rowboat basically <laughs> it doesn't even look like dusty Rhodes could fit in it right laying down on his side it's pitiful looking <laughs> uh but it's there and uh you know it's it's a kind of an intense match there's even some blood in it which uh, I don't think we ever saw in any takers casket matches maybe one or two yeah, of I think them so. but uh, it's it's weird because after they, they go back and forth they do this Texas death Match stuff they have four falls uh, uh, I, I think it's Dusty beats Koloff three of them maybe Koloff beats Dusty one of them but in the fifth fall as we're getting towards the end here it goes about 12 minutes or so uh Ivan Koloff has Dusty propped up against the edge of the coffin and he goes to the top rope goes for a knee drop from the top rope and Dusty moves so Koloff hits his knee on the edge of the coffin and then uh, he stumbles up to his feet Dusty hits a bionic elbow Ivan backflops into the coffin and the ref rings the bell <laughs>
2: Oh, so, wait, I thought you had to <laughs> pin him. He couldn't answer ten tink out, then put him in. It.
1: That was how it was uh, for the first 10 minutes. But yeah. uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's the, we had to get to go home, cube. So, wow. They call it a night.
2: They had 12 falls in five minutes? Or five falls in 12
1: minutes? Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's weak sauce. Yeah,
1: it was. Um, Jeez. So it's definitely unique. I, I encourage our listeners, if you've never seen it before, to go out and watch it. Uh, I remember... I had heard of it before, maybe on one of those like Legends of Wrestling roundtable shows or something like that. I I had heard that there was a casket match back in the early 80s that uh, that was the impetus for the casket match that we would come to know and love. But uh, it's um, weird. It it exists, but then like it goes away, it disappears for 11 years until The Undertaker uh, takes ownership of it. And I'd love to know who brought that idea to the table.
2: I bet it was Pritchard. I wouldn't yeah. doubt it, but I don't he's, know that
1: Pritchard's not around during the time where the casket match starts to take place. So
2: right, but I mean he's just a Texas boy. It's he a Texas. He probably he probably knows all that Houston wrestling stuff, and I I, I would not be surprised if it was him. You know, when Vince, it was either him or Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Pritchard or Patterson probably pitching it later on. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to find out who that was.
1: Yeah. You know, I he mean, was, he'll still say it's him anyway. He'll claim <laughs> ownership of it no matter what. So. Which is fine. We weren't there to say it wasn't <laughs> We'll just wrong. give it to him. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, uh,. The first time we see a casket come into play with The Undertaker in a really meaningful way is on a segment of Superstars where uh, it's very famous. The Undertaker seals the ultimate warrior inside the casket on his funeral parlor segment and locks him in there. And all these officials have to come in and pry it open. He's going to suffocate to death on there. That's on April 13th, 1991 episode of Superstars.
2: five years old it's imagine i know can't. you
1: didn't watch it then i didn't either but imagine being a five year old and seeing yeah. something like that it'd
2: be terrifying oh yeah captivating you want to know like is warrior okay because like he was the guy you know i mean he's he's superman you know so yeah you'd definitely be interested to see where it's headed so that's awesome so you that, wouldn't
1: flip a channel that's for sure you'd be like
2: oh what's happening right here
1: bingo And, you know, that moment and another one of Taker's gimmicks uh, that he used to do, which was bringing the body bag to the ring. Paul Bearer would carry the body bag with him. And after he would squash these jobbers, they would zip the opponents in the body bag and he'd carry them out over his shoulder in the body bag. That led us to the first ever body bag match. Uh, And the first one of those took place in May uh, of 1991, May 11th, 91, in Detroit, Michigan, where the Undertaker lost to the Ultimate Warrior there in the body bag match. And uh, you're going to see here really all throughout 91, Undertaker is going to really struggle with these supposedly signature matches. Right. (laughs) Um, So that. After the body bag match, we get the very first ever casket match in WWF history, which takes place July 14th, 1991 in St. Louis, Missouri. Historic moment here. And again, the Ultimate Warrior is going to defeat The Undertaker here in the first ever casket match. Untelevised, unreleased. No footage of that exists uh, to my knowledge that has ever been released, but that is the very first one.
2: I think they're just running it by uh, trying to get the kinks worked out, or well, actually back then it was more of a well, it was more of a come to the house show type business. I mean, they didn't have raw yet, you know, so it was still more of a this big attraction is coming to your town, come and see it, you know. So they were still really big about making sure people made it to the house show. So I don't know, maybe they're working the kinks out too for what it would what would happen down the
1: road. So. I think it's a little both. I think it's a little both. They're they're trying to pop the house show uh, market, but also. You know, if it goes well, you know, they can go around the horn with it and then maybe do it do a last one on a pay per view or a Saturday night's main event or something like that for sure. Yeah.
2: They probably should have done it with the Punjabi prison match, you know, run around the have. house
1: <laughs> show cycle a few times before <laughs> you just debut it maybe. on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so. And where the guy who's supposed to be the main part of it has <laughs> elevated liver enzymes also yeah. and is not anyway. even in the match <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they apparently weren't <laughs> sold on this casket match idea at first, because um, and, and I got all these stats from uh, cagematch.net and the history of uh, wwe.com, so that's where I'm getting all this info from. Credit to both of those great resources. But um, next week they ran three more of these body bag matches between Warrior and Taker. Yeah. Uh, so and we're gonna see that throughout '91 they kind of flip flop between. Casket match a couple nights, body bag match a couple nights. Maybe they couldn't access a casket in some of these yeah. cities. Uh, we've heard stories on some some of like Bruce Pritchard's podcast of them having to go to actual funeral parlors and yeah. and, and buy a casket uh, with um, Paul Bear's funeral director license, mortuary license. <laughs> just, yeah. you know you, you can't just go in and say, "Yeah, hey, like two caskets uh, today." So yeah. <laughs> well,
2: a casket to go.
3: So,
1: yeah. Uh, well, the next casket match took place August 19th of 91, Rochester, New York. And again, Warrior's are going to defeat The Undertaker. Uh, and this one is actually available. You can see this on DVD. It is on the WWE unreleased 1986 through 1995 DVD set. So that one, uh, there is footage of. That's the first earliest one that we have footage of. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is a bonus match,
3: a special casket match the rules are quite simple the first person that can put his opponent inside of the casket and seal it will
1: be the winner of this match they go back to body bag matches for a little while. And then August 25th in Albany, New York warrior defeats taker in their final casket match. And, uh, warrior goes down three, and oh I guess the undertaker, uh, the only guy to never lose to the undertaker, uh, in multiple casket yeah. matches, uh, pretty, uh, historic feat for his, uh, for his record.
2: Yeah. And this is a few we talked about. We never got to cover it on pay-per-view. You know, we t- we've talked about it when we cover superstars and stuff. And, the early uh stages of this podcast we got to talk about it a little bit but yeah it was just what a shame we never got to see one on pay-per-view you know so but yeah i mean warrior just sweeps him he sweeps he's a signature it. match yeah
1: <laughs> well uh august 30th of 91 Undertaker's going to transition to a new opponent and he's still going to sure. lose to him but uh who's this new opponent that he's going to face
2: oh the <laughs> the main event monster Sid
3: justice <laughs> that's right Sid justice
2: this is in Richfield, Ohio. So, yeah, it's uh, his former rival from Memphis, which we've covered in our main event Monsters episode. Please go Please. check that one out. One of my favorite. Top Hands ten. down. Top ten. If you tell me I can only keep ten episodes of this and delete the rest, that one's staying. in. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, September 1st and 2nd, he loses to Sid Justice in Fresno and Wichita. So, on a little losing streak here again.
1: Yeah, they take it up to Canada. and uh eh? Taker loses to Sid in Hamilton, Ontario in the evening match uh, after losing to Sid earlier in the day in London, Ontario in a regular singles match. Uh, Imagine having to work Sid twice in in one day. (laughs) (laughs) He is a loser in between. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- and then throughout all of September, basically Undertaker's going to be losing to Sid in casket matches. Uh, Milwaukee, Denver, San Francisco, all across the country, he's doing a tour, losing to Sid in casket matches here. And he'll uh, get
2: his he revenge come '97. Don't you worry.
1: Oh, he does. And it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna come in 1992, actually. So there you uh, go. the first year of the casket match, Undertaker loses every single one of them to <laughs> right. the Ultimate Warrior and Sid. Uh, so he's he's working out the kinks. You know? Maybe he's <laughs> yeah. a little nervous, a little anxious. I don't know what the reasons are that he's losing his signature match so much. Maybe the opponents are just too much for him.
2: Too much to handle.
1: But in 1992, uh, we finally, finally kick off the year with The Undertaker making history, getting his historic first win in a casket match on January 17th in the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York, Dang. defeating Sid Justice right there. So, uh, I bet Zach Ryder was there. Oh, uh, you know, he might have been. I bet he was. Yeah. You, yeah. Have, you, you need to ask him on Twitter. He, he so, went know. to all, all those shows when he was yeah. a kid there. Yeah, I bet he was there. So it's interestingly going to take the rest of 92 off until we get to the big match, uh, the first one on television. Uh, and that's going to take place at Survivor Series of 1992.
2: Yeah, that's the coffin match, actually. Mm. They're going to change the title, tweak it a little bit. And that's against uh, good old Kamala, the, the Ugandan Uganda giant.
1: giant. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Survivor Series '92, November 25th at the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. And man, this was yeah, this is the really the debut of the right. coffin match, which they call it, uh, where we see the the first of those vignettes. You mentioned the Yokozuna ones, which are classic, but we got some mm-hmm. for this Kamala match. Yeah.
4: Some bludgeon pulp and heave your rotting carcass into this coffin. Your heart will be racing as I slam this lid shut and as you. Try and gasp that last bit of air. You'll suffocate on your own breath. Kamala. You will not survive Survivor Series. Kamala. Rest.
1: We saw the blueprints. He had an actual favorite, yeah. printed out thing with Kamala's body in the cask, in the coffin, um, and he's got uh, the the coffin is painted with the star and the yes, moon on the moon. there. Uh, and we said it anytime we talk about Kamala, we cannot put over enough his um, not his in ring skills, right? Sure, but <laughs> what some of the best facial expressions some of the best selling of the fear yeah. he really he helped put undertaker and he helps put the coffin match slash casket match on the map he with did. the way he sold his fear of it
2: He did he absolutely did he he's needs to be given just as much credit as taker for making this match mean something cuz otherwise it could have been like the old texas death death coffin match you know and exactly. a, a, a dud but you know like the kamala's terrified of it it's fantastic and just what a character, you know? And the rules are a little different here. Taker her, pins Kamala first, then he actually rolls him in the casket and he and Bear uh put the nail in the coffin actually <laughs> nail it shut
1: literally so, yeah he's yeah. Bear's got his hammer that says yeah. rest in peace on it these yeah. giant nails and he yeah. hammers them each in and uh so uh, yeah great visual there it's oh, like yeah. it's like 5 minutes long but uh i remember they they put this match on like all of takers DVDs and mm. tapes like we covered a couple yeah. of them and they they both had this uh, a coffin match on there so unique um and really help establish that um that character of their or really help set him apart it's uh, different
2: than anything else on the card
1: different than anything else on the card
2: There's not a lot of gimmick matches going on
1: mm-hmm.
2: unless it's a cage or something so it's definitely set that character apart
1: yeah unlike anything you'd ever seen before so um and now would be a good time to discuss i think something that WWE, or, or I know that they have gotten wrong many times throughout the years, and that is the difference between a coffin and a casket, because they are okay. not interchangeable terms. Travis, uh, do you know the difference between them? If you just said,
2: showed me a picture and said which is a coffin which is a casket, I could probably identify them based on their shape. I can't tell you what the shape is of each one, but I'd be like, yeah, that's a coffin, that's a casket. And to me, a coffin seems more Uh, raw and almost wood, and just kind of rough around the edges. Almost just like a box, you know. Whereas a casket's like shaped for a funeral. You know, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, this is coming from uh, my mother-in-law, who is a licensed funeral director, so I I can give you official Uh, knowledge here. It really it does come down to the shape. Um, Okay. I I always thought it was the materials, but it is. It's the shape. Um. So the coffin is going to have six sides to it uh, it's going to be you know shaped like a body basically kind of fitted around okay. them like that like the early coffin match uh, that that we see there that is a coffin and a casket is going to be the rectangle, you know, maybe with, with the curved top on yeah. the top of there, usually. So it's all about the shape of them. It's not the, the color t- and the shape. Say, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. great album, it. but it's not, a, a it's not the color. It's not the material. A, a, yeah. a casket can be wooden also. Uh, and technically a coffin could be uh, metal, but they're typically not. Coffins are typically wooden. And uh, coffins are really used more... Uh, in other countries caskets are you know the primary thing we use in the US but for sure for sure WWF called coffins caskets and caskets yeah. coffins throughout the years. Um but they did they were technically correct the very first one uh, that was a coffin.
2: There you go. Uh
1: so in case anybody wanted to know that or needed
2: to know Oh that, I did. i always <laughs> I did. Fun fact for you. Fun fact for you.
1: Uh so that takes us to nineteen ninety three. Uh, and again, we're talking about a house show here and the undertaker is going to defeat Yokozuna. They're going to get a test run of their, uh, casket match series on October 2nd, 1993. Yoko's going to get a win over the undertaker in Sacramento, California, which makes sense. He's the world champion at the time. Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, he's going to get the win there, but then, um, we're going to see a brand new opponent for uh, a house show tour overseas, an international tour and a match that we have never actually seen on TV before, but they had a bunch of them on a big international tour.
2: Yeah. This is Taker going against one of a guy that would become one of his boys, you know, uh, and he'd have a tag team match against on a pay-per-view years later. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If, wouldn't he? Yeah, you're right. Not <laughs> this in this character, that, but No. This is Adam Baum. So Brian
1: No. Brian Clark.
2: Clark. Yeah, Clark. Brian Clark. Yeah, Brian Adams was the other one. Yeah, Brian Clark. So Adam bomb, uh Undertaker Fights him seven times in a row, starting October, and he's in, he's in Tel Aviv, Israel. So <laughs> international flavor there, you know. How
1: random! If you were at yeah. that match in Tel Aviv, Israel, oh, in nineteen ninety three, please. We want to
2: hear from you, Lahayim.
1: Yes. Well, there is actually footage of that. <laughs> uh, if you search around on the internet, on YouTube, Daily Motion, you can see some pretty grainy home video, uh, fan cam footage of one of these matches. There's seven. Of them uh, in a row here, uh, so you can see that it's pretty neat to see. Uh, and, and what really happens, what you're going to see throughout here is Undertaker will go on these streaks of house show casket matches against yeah. one guy. Uh, we'll face him just you know five, six weekends or weeknights in a row. Yeah, um, that's what he does with Adam Bomb here. He wins all of those. Then he goes on a winning streak against Yokozuna throughout November, really in the upper Northeast. Uh, Providence, Rhode Island, Michigan, uh, Flint, Michigan, Cadillac, Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan. He gets uh, a big streak of wins against Yokozuna there. And then kicks off 94 with some more wins against Adam Baum, six shows in a row, and then changes it up for a solo match, uh, one match in uh, January of 2016, Stockton, California. We've talked about him. This is the second time we're talking about him on this episode. I'm infuriated. I'm infuriated that we're having to talk about it. <laughs> Irwin R. Shyster, my least favorite wrestler of all time. At least Taker defeated him here.
2: Exactly. And that's, of course, going to lead us into the 1994 Royal Rumble from Providence as, you know, like I said, that's what I what I think. If you, first image pops in my mind of Taker and the casket match is this match right here. So um, this is when Yokozuna and all the goons defeat The Undertaker. He had a bunch of help.
1: Bunch well, of help. Crush... Yeah. Jeff Jarrett, The Head Shrinkers, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, Tin Roo, Kabuki, um, probably, I think Diesel was out there. Yeah. Um, and this is, of this, course, the double wide, du- or, <clears> throat> excuse me, <throat> as Paul Barrow would say, double wide, <laughs> double deep
2: casket. <laughs> exactly. Double stuff.
1: I'll never oh. forget those four words strung together in my double life: y, double wide, double I, deep. I don't know who came up with that, but you know, Vince was like, "Oh yeah, that's it, pal." Yeah,
2: it sounds like a country song from like '94. You could write that. <laughs> she was a queen of my double wide trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Vince like double wide, double, double deep. Sounds like one of those divas and hedonism videos oh, they may have had later on the two thousand. Uh,
3: Woo! <laughs> oh yes, welcome, welcome into my Undertaker's private workshop. It is here, here where my Undertaker painstakingly assembles his many works of art. Many a departed soul have nestled down in the comfort of my undertaker's quality caskets. But for you, you, Yokozuna, a special one-of-a-kind casket will be made for a one-time only match. Oh, yes, but Yokozuna... When my undertaker stuffs you into this double-wide, double-deep casket and slams them lid shut, there, there on the inside, inscribed, glowing in the dark, will say,
4: Rest in peace.
2: But yeah, but just what an iconic match, you know.
1: Did you know? I people, you know, call it wrestle crap, you know. But it, the whole production of it, as you, if you're a kid watching it, which I was, it just is burned into your brain. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, it's really the first time we saw like the grand spectacle and show yes. of the Undertaker, not just with the casket, but all, with him. You know, levitating up, rising to mm-hmm. the heavens, resurrection, ascending, out, ascending yeah. to the heavens out <laughs> of the casket. um And yeah, mm-hmm. I'll never forget the build up to it. I remember it being announced on Superstars or, or Challenge or whatever that it's The Undertaker versus Yokozuna in a casket match. And of course, you know. If you're watching TV, all you've seen is the one with Kamala. There's only ever Uh been one on TV up until this point. But I remember watching it being like, oh, my God, a (laughs) casket match? Oh, no. Oh, no. Undertaker's winning the title. He's not going to lose a casket match. This is a big deal. And then the weeks of Taker in his wood shop and it was all around the holidays. So like mm-hmm. one week he's got a <laughs> wreath on the casket, you know, the next week he's wishing Yokozuna happy new year. Um, and not just those, but you've got Jim Cornette and Yokozuna doing promos in the arena uh, where uh, Vince is talking to Yoko, to Jim Cornette asking if Yoko's afraid of caskets and Jim Cornette's like, Oh no, no say that word do yeah. say the word casket and he's like so over the top yoko is just as good if not better than kamala with his facial mm-hmm. expressions um i think i talked about it before my favorite segment is uh so they roll a casket out and uh yokozuna's talking to mr fuji and uh vince is talking to jim Cornette, like what are they saying and like mr fuji's like directing him uh and like uh, yoko's like doing these hand expressions and vince is like he's gonna he's gonna he he's gonna squash the casket <laughs> like
3: <laughs> gonna, out there
1: man. yoko's gonna jump yeah. first of all as if that's even possible right <laughs> he's gonna yeah. jump down but come on ben
3: fuji has just given Yoko Zuna orders to what's he gonna do squash the casket yes Right
1: on. just the way that vince said it just the uh, incredulousness of it i'll never forget it um and yoko just like taker pops out of the casket yoko falls on his butt and just yeah like, flops around oh man I, I i love it it's its some of my favorite stuff. stuff of all time and, and again i said it multiple times already, it's just establishing the lore, the character, yeah. the uh, the presence of the Undertaker here.
2: Yeah, and it's building that mythology and that aura around him, you know, so, yeah, it's good stuff, and that's a fun episode we covered. Um, and it was after losing that match, he's going to come back with a vengeance throughout the fall and the winter in 94 and starting in August in Omaha, Nebraska. He's going to beat Omaha. Exactly, somewhere in middle America. In America. America. <laughs> he's going to beat Yokozuna, so, and then he's going to pick up a lot of house show victories. Not one, not two, but 44 more Catskin victories Woo! Uh, to end 1994. So, six of those are going to be against Crush, uh, your boy. Yeah, that's cool. we, ne-
1: we never saw that on TV. Yeah. There's no, I, I tried to find some footage of that, couldn't really find anything for those. But, uh, you know, those are, it's a, it's a guy I loved and a guy Taker mm-hmm. was good friends with. So, I'm sure they had fun doing those matches. Yeah.
2: 38 wins against Yoko, uh, basically the entire Northeast, which was their <laughs> home, you know? Right. He just beats him in every town, and uh, he actually, the six matches with Crush were over in Germany in a one match in London, so overseas tour. International market likes the casket
1: match. Yeah, I guess maybe Yoko didn't go on that tour for some reason or, or something like that. It's, yeah, it's interesting that there's like a chunk there in the middle. Where yeah. Taker has a little run with Crush, but uh in between, uh, amidst that, that big run against Yokozuna and the fall, there are a couple of significant casket matches, and one is a dark match that did end up on that uh, DVD, yep. VHS, he buries them alive. It was originally VHS, then got moved to DVD, which we covered early mm-hmm. on in the show. And it is a very, very fun casket match as the Antiger defeats Jerry the King Lawler in White Plains, New York, September 28th, 1994, is when that took place. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that uh, when we uh, yeah. covered it. That was fun. Very done. you know. He's got this foreign object uh, yeah. in his pants. He's pulling it out, and you know, sells the tombstone big. Very good match. Um, Very
2: good. I bet Sam Roberts was at that match.
1: Is that he where he's from said? White
2: Plains? Yeah,
1: must have been. <laughs> and then the big one of the fall of '94, of course, is Survivor Series '94. The rematch between Taker and Yokozuna in San Antonio, Texas, November 23rd. I uh, had you know a semi-memorable special guest referee for this match, you know. Uh, not, not a big deal. Chuck freaking Norris as the special <laughs> yeah. guest enforcer. Are you kidding me?
2: The karate fighter himself. I mean, Chuck Norris, dude. I I had so much fun covering this episode. Like we're, we're Covering this match in the episode back back years ago.
3: And the Texas Ranger himself. Yes, sir. Ah. We're talking Chuck Norris. Take it away, Chuck. The
2: last time Yokozuna and The Undertaker fought, ten men jumped into the ring and buried the man from the dark side. Now they're going to fight again. But this time, I'm going to be there, ringside, to make sure history doesn't repeat itself. Yokozuna, don't get out of line because I'm going to be watching your every move. Just chuck Norris, dude. How do you get any better than that? I
1: mean peak Walker Texas Ranger. Yeah, peak era. chuck. I think it peak was a chuck. it was a top 10 show when he was uh doing <laughs> top this. Top one in my book. <laughs> yeah, in the White Household it was number <laughs> yeah. 1. Yeah. yeah. Never missed an episode. All
2: Baywatch and and this show <laughs> all over it, man. Wait. Did your parents watch Baywatch? We watched it every Sunday morning before we went to church. Yeah. And
1: then Renegade came on right after it. Oh, of course, Renegade. I can't believe your mom and dad watched Baywatch.
2: Dude, they loved Baywatch. It was a great story.
1: Yeah, it's all about be the story. eating
2: French toast and pancakes, <laughs> sitting there before church on Sunday. Oh,
1: I got I to gotta talk to your dad about that next time I see him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <They're> members. Great. <laughs> Well uh yeah that's a that's a not as good as the first casket match between Taker and Yoko. Chuck. Uh it does have Chuck Norris, but uh you know you could you could already see Yoko kind of slowing down a little bit. Um but uh, a beautifully painted casket. Uh, uh excuse me, it's a coffin. That is a coffin in that match. That is a coffin at the Rumble ninety four, but they're both called casket matches. Yeah. I wanna point that out. So that takes us to nineteen ninety-five and uh and Taker's gonna get a no opponent that he's gonna be married to for most of '95 in these casket matches. Uh, friend of the show,
2: comma the Godfather the Supreme fighting machine who was also
1: on Monday Night Raw of course he was XXX. that's
2: right dude seeing hashtag Raw XXX trending on Twitter is a little bit of disconcerting
1: oh my favorite part is when Hulk Hogan came out first and then like his graphic is a VHS tape that says Triple X on it it's like did nobody think about this <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody read that by
3: Terry what <laughs> yeah
2: Oh, boy, hey, I'd like to have
3: that one back.
0: But,
2: yeah, he's going to be taking on Kama starting July 6th, and just, he's going to fall prey to take her 27 matches in a row mm. across that summer. So just the whipping boy for uh, the casket matches. So
1: Kama. They're really practicing for SummerSlam, which we'll get to in just a second. But they actually have one of these casket matches. It is – I believe it is considered canon in the uh, mm-hmm. WWE – history books because it was a dark match at in your house number two from Nashville, Tennessee, but it's actually on the Coliseum video version. It was not aired on pay-per-view, but it's a bonus match. That's on the VHS tape. Actually, I should have checked. I, I don't know if it's on Peacock officially, but uh, it was on the VHS. Take your course wins that one. And uh this is one of my favorite things I found out this run of matches with Kama is briefly interrupted by a random one-off casket match. Maybe Kama had the flu. Maybe, you know, it's, it's... He's probably out too late. one hour. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, <laughs> yeah. smoke too big of a, <laughs> a boy, yeah. one night or something. But uh, yeah, Undertaker defeated on July 8th at Chicago, Illinois in a casket match. Body Donna Skip, the one and only Match of these on record, boy, what a mismatch!
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, what happened there? <laughs> I mean, that's crazy to
1: me. I'd love to see that though. now Dude, we, Skip, we didn't talk about Skip. I don't think ever on the podcast. I mean, what do you think of what, what's your thoughts of Skip, aka Chris Candido?
2: I absolutely loved Chris Candido, the ECW version, and then when he went to WCW, I was I I had his figure. I loved his. I loved Candido, him and uh, just he was so good, man. With triple uh, threat. His, yeah, the triple threat in ECW was so good. I just thought he had so much more, like he had so much more room to grow and, and be a, a, a top guy. I love that show because he was a cruiserweight guy. He could bigger guy though, like for cruiserweights, but he could just bring some validity to yeah, that style, almost WCW. like a Malenko, yeah. you know, like a like a Malenko. So. I really liked him as a shame he passed away when he did. Um he just had so much more of a future I thought, you know. Love Chris Candido. Absolutely love Chris Candido.
1: Skip g- not so much. Eh, you could you could skip on the skip, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's a guy you could imagine being like at the performance center nowadays, like a guy who would really fit in training people. Jerry Lynn just or like
2: just training people, man. Yeah. Like he'd be uh, just such a brilliant mind. Yeah, anyway. Well, it's a shame
1: we didn't see that match ever, but uh, yeah, the big one of 95, there are two big ones in 95. The first one is SummerSlam 95, August 27th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Undertaker defeating Kama, uh, winning back possession of the remnants of the urn, that Kama melted down into a chain. Uh, Historic, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is our first appearance of The Casket Cam. One of That's our it. favorite innovations.
2: My favorites. It's one of the, like,
1: all the cool
2: stuff that come up with. That's one of my favorite ones yeah. ever. <laughs> so, the precursor to the ladder cam, you know, on top of the ladder. We right. can see Jeff already falling off and stuff. So, That's yeah. right. It all was burst here, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Uh, good way to end that feud. Again, another match where, like, if it's just Undertaker versus Com, uh, you might be sitting there like, me I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And- but adding that casket match element definitely elevates it and bumps it up, makes it a little more fun. Uh, same with this Turns next it up a one. Notch. Yeah. The next one that takes place. Oh,
2: boy. <laughs> King Mabel at season's beatings in Hershey, Pennsylvania on December 17, Uh Taker's 100th casket match win. So that's pretty. Uh, she, that's a trivia question I would have not, not gotten right. So, uh,
1: But King Mabel does desecrate this
2: sacred casket with some graffiti
1: because he's just oh, a punk. Yeah, the sacred casket, as uh, McMahon calls it. Yeah, it is sacred. Um, again, another match. Boy, thank God they had that uh, um, stipulation on there. Otherwise.
2: No, yeah. Yeah,
1: what <laughs> what a stunk up the But having the casket match makes it more fun. Uh, I remember the weirdest part of this match. You got Sir Mo on the outside at one point uh, he's beating up Taker on the other side of the ring from the, the casket. And he has to pick up Undertaker on his shoulder, like a little child and runs around to the other side of the ring and drops him in the casket. I remember watching that being like,
3: "What? who <laughs>
1: let Sir Mo who yeah. gave him permission to right. do that. You would never see that no. nowadays.
2: No, not at all. That was hilarious.
1: Uh, so, Undertaker, he's he's had a hot streak here throughout uh, the end of 94, throughout all of 95. It's going to come to an end in 1996 as uh, he's going to face a loss that I don't think a lot of people saw coming uh, against Goldust. And uh, joining us here in the ringside
3: area, Mark- and we have been given a note, ladies and gentlemen, during the break. That stipulation we all have... All right, knock it off. That stipulation we have all been awaiting. It's going to be Goldust against The Undertaker in a casket match. What are you what? talking about? That's you right, the stipulation. This is my way It's going to be a casket What is it? Match. No, 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 no. I'm not doing the casket match. Yeah. What's the thing I've got? What's Hey, wait a minute. Where do you think you're going?
1: That takes place... A uh, couple times in a row, first time at In Your House Beware of Dog in Florence, South Carolina, but that was when the power was out that night, so also only the people match. in yeah. It was a literal dark match, uh, so they ran it back again on uh, May 28th at Beware of Dog 2 in North Charleston, South Carolina, which is the one that you know we've all seen and is on yeah. the network, it was on the pay-per-view, and that one ends... Uh, Gold dust gets the win overtaker because mankind is secretly in the casket jumps up, attacks undertaker helps gold dust, get, um, uh, mankind in the, uh, get Undertaker into the, uh, beautiful gold painted mm-hmm. casket for that match. Um, a match that really elevated gold dust. This whole feud did because, um, you know, if you remember 96, they, they kind of alternate. We all remember the Mankind stuff, but it was like going back and forth, take her feuding with Gold Dust, kind mm-hmm. of simultaneously there. So, uh, definitely gave him a little bit of a rub here.
2: It did. Was this our first live episode we recorded together?
1: Uh, I don't. At your house? It came.
3: I think was it, was, it? It was a couple it was after
1: that. this. I think we did the okay. Married alive Live one. We didn't do this Mar- one. We okay, okay Married that was alive. it. Okay. But yeah, this, um.
2: Yeah, I don't think people saw the loss coming, but it's it's to further the storyline, the 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 A plot, which is Taker and Mankind. You know, yes. uh, the B plot was gold dust in there, but the the A plot was Mankind. So that that definitely it's storytelling; it's pushing the story forward. So, and then um, Taker's going to defeat Mankind on July twenty second in Seattle, and the four more wins against him in August and September. So, and then it's going to we didn't uh, see
1: none of those were no. on TV. Yeah, we never saw later.
2: any of those. And then uh, 997 is going to begin with a house show match where Vader is actually going to defeat Undertaker at Madison Square Garden. So, and that match is on the Peacock network.
1: It yeah, is. It's on it's those uh, what old school WWF old school section where they have uh, some house yeah. show things. It has commentary. It was aired on the MSG network uh, back ah. in the day. Um, but that's cool. It's it's like. A uh, couple couple days before WrestleMania 13. Uh, really interesting to see there. Uh, Vader picking up a rare casket match win over the Undertaker. I believe, again, we got Mankind interfering in there, causing that. But, uh, Taker's going to get his wins back. Uh, he's going to face Vader seven times in the month of July and defeat him every single one of those times across some house shows. And then uh, he's going to finish up 97 with some more... House show matches against an opponent. We never saw him facing a casket match on TV, but a guy he would be tied to throughout much of his career, especially the later stages. The game. Triple H. Um in the early days of DX, you know, taking a student yeah. with Shawn Michaels on TV. But on the house shows, you're going to get Undertaker and Triple H in some casket matches starting November 16th in Baltimore, Maryland. And then Taker's going to defeat Triple H eight more times before the end of 2000, excuse me, 1997. Uh, And that streak of uh, matches against Triple H is going to be interrupted by a couple of one-off opponents uh, in late 97.
2: Yeah. Tag is going to go walking in Memphis and defeat the rock. And he's going to go down the little rock and defeat the rock again. So, and then a win over the artist formerly known as gold dust <laughs> it changed at this point, yeah. uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. And then on December 28th, then he gets, so getting his win back from the beware of dog too. So
1: that's right. So, uh, maybe That's... the artist formerly known as goals was wearing an outfit similar to what we talked about uh in Rumble 98 right
2: <laughs> probably
1: but how about taker in the rock in a casket match yeah and 97.
2: pretty cool man It's pretty cool i think the commercial for smackdown Two know your role had taker in the rock in a casket match well there's gonna mistaken. be one
1: that we're gonna talk about here uh and just yeah. a second. they did have a l- one later on tv but uh, uh of course 1998 We just did an entire episode uh, devoted to it, and I think we could both agree, best casket match televised of all time, January 18th, 98, Royal Rumble, San Jose, California, Shawn Michaels defeats The Undertaker, and this one, you know, it really is the first, uh, maybe the only great casket match as far as... Work rate, uh yeah. In ring work, psychology, and all that. I think casket just, matches are always fun, but yeah. as far as like a great worked match, yeah, might be the only one and only.
2: Because well, he's in there with the best of all time, the best in ring work of all time. You know, Sean. So, um, yeah, it's just that match would have been stupendous with without the casket, and the casket just took it to another level. So, fantastic. Go back and check our episode out from last month, if you want to hear that.
1: so Yeah. And uh, again, a a huge loss for Taker. Of course, Kane runs in. Uh, We think he might help Undertaker, but he's going to turn on him, light the casket on fire. Again, tying back to Rumble 94, just this huge spectacle, Mm -hmm. uh, building up the mythology of the Undertaker and his rivalry with Kane. Uh, And the only other casket match in 98 is going to be the only time these... Two brothers ever faced in a casket match, and is going to be our first one ever on Monday Night Raw, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, October nineteenth. And from what I could find, it's also the only no contest uh, casket match, uh, which is. I, yeah. <laughs> I have a note. Uh, ask your boy. What? Ask your boy, Mr. Russo. How are you gonna have? Well, a no I was gonna contest? say
2: this is. This is in the fall of ninety eight when they're doing the. Taker and cane and Stone Cold stuff, right? It means this is after breakdown and all that. So um, a lot of convolutedness going on there. Are they in cahoots?
1: Well, they go into a coffin. Again, this is a coffin. They go into a wooden coffin and at the same time, and they are fighting and they bust out the sides of it and destroy the coffin as they're fighting in it. So that's why it goes to a no contest. Like, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting, I guess. Kind of a disappointment. I remember watching it. Wish it could have yeah. been a little bit more. Uh, Wait
3: a minute. The lid is shot. They're both in the casket, What's Bear got in his hand? Kane and the Undertaker fighting. And the Kane and the Undertaker are destroying the casket. There's got to be a... Well, if you don't have a casket... It's going to be hard to have a winner
1: here. And that's going to take us to 1999, to the beginning of the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah,
2: and the return of the casket match with nine, no, three wins over Ken Shamrock mm-hmm. starting on May 1st in Anaheim, then Fort Myers, and then Tampa. So, going to defeat the world's most dangerous man. That's right. So, He might be dangerous, but he ain't good with a casket.
1: (laughs) Well, we saw those two fight on pay-per-view, but not in a casket match. So kind of interesting they did that for the house shows. Uh, Then we're going to get another house show match on Monday Night Raw uh, with Undertaker. Like you said, he's going to face The Rock. And this was uh, famous, infamous, whatever you want to call it, because Triple H H is going to interfere. And it's going to be the debut of Triple H's signature weapon, the sledgehammer. The first time we ever see him use the sledgehammer as they put the rock in the casket and he's going to take the sledgehammer out and destroy the casket. And, uh, forever from that point, triple H is going to be synonymous with the sledgehammer.
2: You know, we used to joke a lot on here about how Taker was responsible for the creation of whatever it was, DX. And we just, we'd reach and reach and just make it funny until, yeah, here you go again. So Triple H's sledgehammer was used in this match. So you're welcome. It's because Take of it. the undertaker. That's yeah. Right. Exactly. Thank go you. Go back for and say, that. shake his hand, say, thanks. thanks for that. <laughs> Yeah. So then this match disappears for about six years. Six years. Uh, yeah. So I guess it just, I don't know if the freight was too much to carry it around or what, but
1: well, this, it's, well,
2: I'm just kidding it's
1: because crazy. of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bike Taker. no yeah, casket matches. <laughs> For The Undertaker. We'll talk about this in a little while. There are a couple other casket matches in this time period, but The Undertaker is not going to be in them.
2: Right. So he kicks off 2005 with a win over our boy John Hydenwright. Right. oh January 3rd in Manchester, New Hampshire. Beats him in January 5th in Chicago. So a deep dish. Chicago beat down
1: mm, casket what, match. The
2: then or- <laughs> Orlando gets a special treat as he beats Kurt Angle in a casket match
1: oh I'd love to see
2: that I'd love to see them two together and then Jacksonville he beats Heidmark again so I guess Heidmark couldn't make that show a spot for uh, Orlando Uh, Kurt Angle got to take that loss
1: or maybe the agents were like good god I can't watch another one of these another one of these Kurt please save us give us something good to watch tonight Uh, show them how it's done but uh, yeah that's all building up to the Royal Rumble 2005 in Fresno California uh, where the Undertaker defeats Heidenreich on pay-per-view in a casket match, a match I remember liking a little bit more than you did, Travis. You know, I, I, I appreciated it. Again, don't want to see Undertaker versus Heidenreich in a singles match, but if at least you're giving us the casket, we, yeah. had, we had a Kane run-in in there. I, I thought it was fun for what it was. Uh and I, I don't think you uh, appreciated it quite as I much. I've blocked
2: it out of my memory. So <laughs> I don't even remember this happened, honestly. So oh, it's, it's certainly not in,
1: in, in my top 50 Undertaker matches. They had matches. a
2: last ride match, too, didn't they? Uh,
1: Yeah, it was. Or
2: something. He popped out they of the had another at some point.
1: I think it was Undertaker um, and JBL in the last ride. And,
2: but uh, Heinrich came in
1: in like a Hummer or something. I remember yeah. that. Yep. Yeah.
2: He would drive a Hummer. <laughs>
1: Uh, so he kicks off 05. and <laughs> <that> even <laughs> The return of the dead man here in this era. And then uh, he's going to close out 05 at No yeah. Mercy, uh, suffering one of his biggest defeats in a casket match here.
3: No mercy!
2: He's going to lose to Los Ortons, Cowboy <laughs> Bob, and Randy. Randy, they're going to beat him in his only handicap casket match. So this is in Houston, Texas on October 9th. So I remember uh, enjoying that match. Just the size of the kids, the kids get made
3: for two as eerie, eerie as, but not as eerie as it will be at no mercy in that handicapped
4: casket match. Poor unfortunate souls. I understand that the Ordens aren't afraid of caskets. Well, I've taken the liberty to build a special casket for you, and seeing how you're not afraid, I'd like for you to take a look inside, no actually, I dare you to look inside, go ahead, take a peek, look and see what your fate has in store for this Sunday at your mercy. Rest
2: in peace. I just enjoyed Bob Orton and Randy Orton and the whole Randy Orton storyline.
1: It was fun. It Um, was fun. You could tell Bob Orton really didn't have any business being out there. No. He was struggling through some... Moments in that match. But again, for the story that this year long, nearly story yeah. between Undertaker and Randy Orton, uh, it, it was uh, a nice piece of that puzzle there. Sure. And uh, yeah, Bob Orton, cowboy Bob Orton of all people is one of the rare people to hold a and victory a of yeah. Undertaker in the casket match. And folks that is going to be the last time the Undertaker ever loses a casket match. Spoiler alert here. Um, that's his last one in 2005. These he's going to go into 2006, and this one's a big deal because this is the only casket match ever at the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania, Mania 22, Chicago, Illinois. Undertaker defeats Mark Henry on April 2nd. Boy, I remember watching this at your apartment, Travis.
2: Yes, I was going to say that I have fond memories of this match just because of watching at my apartment. I remember doing the Taker, turn the lights off when he came out and (laughs) trying to... Trying to turn him on at the same time he, you know, they came on with him and missing yeah. it by a millisecond, but it was fun. We had some friends, some friends over there that weren't even wrestling fans, but they were just there with us, uh, watching, and they had a great time. Sure. Uh, some yeah. some girls we used to do youth work and stuff with, were it just had a blast. It's just how could you not, you know, watching WrestleMania? So, but yeah, this match. Uh, Mark Henry, he, I listen him on Buster Open. He he holds this match in very high regard because it's the Taker match at WrestleMania, you know, which we've already said that's one of the main events. So I, I know as a personal, like we can look at it and be like, "eh, wasn't that great?" You know, whatever, work great, whatever. But it is really cool that Mark Henry got to have a casket match against the Dead Man at a WrestleMania. I mean, there's only you know, whatever, 24 opponents at WrestleMania or whatever he had, 25. like, And that's one of them, and it's a casket. It's pretty cool for Mark Henry. Oh, pretty no cool question. In his cap.
1: And, and I, I, I just loved, I remember even at the time, I didn't want to see this match. This was way before the Hall of Pain and yeah. Mark Henry's, like, peak of his career mm-hmm. when I became a Mark Henry fan. I wasn't into Mark Henry at all back then, but I was like, you know what? I think it's cool that we're getting a casket match exactly. at WrestleMania, you know, it exactly. kind of, like, It's the only one that ever happened there, but it, it, you know, just something happening at WrestleMania makes it important in history. You know, um, anybody, whoever, whether it's the lowest guy on the card, um, the fact that they're on a WrestleMania kind of puts them in the history books. There are, Mm -hmm. there are some legendary wrestlers who never appeared at WrestleMania. Like, uh, Lance Storm, he was on a pre-show once. Yep. never made it on WrestleMania. Great wrestler. Yep. Never made it onto a WrestleMania card. There's, you know, a bunch of people you'd be like surprised that they didn't make it on WrestleMania. And so I think it's awesome that they had a casket match there. Another one where you might be like, "Ugh, I take your Mark Henry." Ooh, casket match though. Exactly. All right, I'm not going I'm not taking a popcorn break during this yeah. one. It's nothing fantastic, but uh it's fun it, for what it is. Yeah. And uh again, uh, it, it stands out. It's a little bit unique looking back on the Undertaker's legendary streak. And uh, uh on a pay per view that's so synonymous with Undertaker, it's cool that he does have a casket match in yeah. the books on there.
2: And what a great WrestleMania too. I mean it's very fun. It's I think i very fun it. show. Yeah. Very fun show. And like you said, um if they'd have had this match, if it have been Taker and Mark Henry in a casket match at I don't know, No Mercy, or something in the fall, or whatever, bragging rights. I don't know what papers. I don't remember Pappy's names they had back then, but just, you wouldn't remember it, but it's because it's at WrestleMania, it stands out. Exactly.
1: So that's going to be the only one in 06, nothing in 07, and then we're going to get a nice series in 2008 of four casket matches throughout 2008. Yeah, he's actually
2: going to run this match back with Mark Henry at Mm -hmm. a WrestleMania Rewind, Rewind Raw. Whew, that's tough to say. WrestleMania Rewind Raw. Uh, March tenth in Milwaukee. I remember this night. Yeah, I do too.
1: Uh, I always like when they do that. I think that's a fun game. Yeah, like it's for, a neat
2: little Raw. Yeah, it's a neat little thing. And a throwback to the fans. And it it, it sometimes they tell us to forget about all the history. It's nice to remember, that. oh, it's okay for us to remember the history of these characters. So um then he defeats Chavo on SmackDown in San Diego in October and defeats Big Show in Orlando after after uh, Smackdown on November fourth. Uh, And then he's going to defeat Big Show at Survivor Series on the 23rd. So these are one of the Big Show matches we're not excited to get through.
1: The endless series of 2008. I think I remember 2008 being like three or four Edge matches and then four Big Show matches. That's all we covered in 2008. Yeah, rough. But I tell you what, what a fantastic finish to this Take Your Big Show casket match. You remember this? This is where they have this giant casket that's upright at the top of the entrance stage Uh, so and Undertaker does the Irish whip whips Big Show into the casket he goes in it, it falls to the ground, the lid collapses on top of him, you know it's tough to be creative in a casket yeah. match. Um, there's only so much you can do with, with this whole casket match gimmick. The gimmick works. You know, you can do near falls with the casket, with the lid closing and yeah, somebody reaching up and getting their hand up at just the last second. You can, you can do stuff with it. You can be creative with it. Sean and Taker were obviously very creative with it, but it's hard to come up with a really creative finish in there. Um I didn't mention it, but I'm thinking back to the Survivor Series 94 where Taker (laughs) beats up Mr. Fuji takes the Japanese flag, breaks it over his knee and tosses that in there and closes the lid. But generally you've got somebody going in the casket. Taker closes the lid, slams it shut. This was very, very creative. I'd love to know who came up with this Mm -hmm. finish because it was so different. And, uh, I don't remember anything else about this match, but I do remember the finish and I, I thought it was a, fantastic, unique finish on there. I loved it.
2: Yeah, it was. And like I said, it's hard to come up with new stuff in a casket match. So, um, yeah, kudos to them for doing that.
1: Huge credit to them for that. Yeah. So 2009 sees a series of casket matches that were never televised, uh, but were very, um, I think are are fun to think about what might've been here. It's the final big house show series of casket matches. And that's going to take place between the undertaker and the Straight Edge Superstar, CM Punk. Uh, this goes on November 5th in Frankfurt, Germany, with Taker getting the win. And then Taker's going to win 10 more against Punk uh, across a European tour in November of 2009. I did find a little bit of fan footage of some of these matches out there on YouTube. <laughs> Punk makes a classic mistake that we see throughout some of these casket matches where he he hits the go to sleep and then he goes to pin Undertaker and uh, hooks the leg. He's looking around for the referee. He wastes all this time going for a pin when he could have rolled Taker in the casket. Taker, of course, gets up, tombstones him, rolls him in there. Boom. Uh, Man, I remember their series of matches in 2009 being a little bit disappointing, wishing they could have been a little bit more. Yeah. Of course, the match at WrestleMania 29 was great. Would have been fun if one of these matches on pay-per-view that they had in 09 could have been a casket match instead.
2: Yeah, it would have been fun. I mean, they had Hell in a Cell. We could have had a casket. It been really fun to change it up and do something like that. So, yeah, it's a shame they didn't get to do more together. But well, I, I encourage people
1: to, to Google it and find it because you, uh, you can watch about half the match there, the, the end, you know, five minutes or so of it. it it's fun to see the crowds into it. You hear the fans chanting in German. Uh, it's a it's a cool little uh, fan cam video. Uh, I that's assume cool. assume they were filming on like a digital camera back then in, in, oh, in yeah. 09, not on a VHS or a phone or anything right. yet. But you you could see a lot of like the old Canon, you know, digital cameras yeah. that we all used to have back in those days. It's it's fun to see.
2: That's awesome. Well, that's going to bring us to the Undertaker's final casket match Wow! nine more years before he had another one (laughs) at the greatest Royal Rumble the um I guess WWE's first yeah Saudi Arabia show in Jeddah um April 27th 2018 he defeated the Y2K Y2J problem wait a minute no wait a second hold on who do you you
1: wrestle (laughs) who Rusev Day. Oh no! <laughs> I wish it was Rusev Day. It was not on that day, <laughs> yeah. sadly. It was just Rusev.
2: Bultia, Rusev Matzka, whatever it says. I don't know.
1: Yeah, what happened with this buildup, man? It was so strange.
2: I, I remember us covering it and just it was a lot of back and forth. Supposed to be Jericho, no. He was wrestling for New Japan, so they didn't want, well, I don't well, know. it
1: was but, supposed to be Rusev first. Supposed to be then, Rusev, and then it was no. Bury me softly, brother.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then it was Jericho, but he was had just done uh, Wrestle Kingdom and was going to go back and do Dominion, and so Vince didn't want. I don't know. Anyway, he was going to fly him all the way there, pay him like hundred thousand dollars to get in the uh, Royal Rumble for like thirty seconds at the end. So Vince, but well, that, that's what he did. Actually, that's what he wound up doing. He did so. end up being in the Rumble. Yeah, right? but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he defeats Rusev here. Uh, short match Not a lot to it But fun And really very cool That Rusev got to have that A guy that we both I think Agree Could have done more In WWE I, Don't even give me a start On his AEW run But uh, it's more sure. pathetic Than his WWE run <laughs> But um, In my opinion But uh, Yeah I would love to see him Come back and do some more In WWE But um, yeah Really cool that he was The last uh, Casket match opponent Of the Undertaker No one will ever Take that away from him So cool
1: It felt very old school, you know. It was. Rusev's Rusev's old school. Rusev's kind of an old school character, the the big, nasty, bad foreign heel. uh, And it was a a fun way for Taker to be used. You know, this is after the match with Roman Reigns in 2017, where we all thought he retired. Mm -hmm. Match that inspired us to start this podcast. Um, Then he comes back at WrestleMania 34, faces Cena, Cena. (laughs) squashes Cena. And then he has basically squashes rusev here um so it was like you know we're seeing this final chapter of undertaker where Mm -hmm. he's gonna be used in very special maybe shorter matches yeah uh, as a special attraction feature on the show um and it's you know it's just fun you know you're not looking for a five-star classic here you're looking for him to hit the high notes hit the choke slam hit the big boot hit the tombstone roll him in the casket shakespeare pose and that's what you get here you get a great big epic entrance on that giant Saudi Arabia stage. You know, great way to go out and to close out his casket match legacy, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that does close out the Undertaker's career in Casket Matches. And um I I, I tried to calculate this a couple times. I could be wrong. If someone wants to fact check me, one of our fellow uh PSK members, please do. From my count, my tabulations, and and I wasn't always great in math, but I, I had The Undertaker at a final record of all of his casket matches of 147 wins, 21 losses, and one draw throughout his casket match career, so... Pretty dang impressive winning record, especially when it started out so rough uh, in 1991. He definitely recovered there. Uh, As far as televised matches, which are you know official canon on WWE, you know they don't count house show matches. Right. I have him at 13 wins, four losses, and one draw. Now that counts the dark match from the In Your House pay per view that ends up being on the VHS tape against Kama and the MSG match against Vader. Which um, was televised, and you know there are some WWE.com articles that count both of those matches as part of the official casket match legacy. There, so uh, still very impressive record when you just count it for TV matches. And uh,
2: he only lost to Bob. Well, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. The 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 only people ever um, house show and television who defeated Undertaker in a casket match were. Sid Justice, The Ultimate Warrior, Yokozuna, Vader, Goldust, and Bob and Randy Orton in that tag team there.
2: I would have missed that if you asked me that. That's a fun
1: trivia question, right? It's a
2: fun trivia question.
1: And uh, throughout his legacy, he had 28 unique casket match opponents uh, throughout. Including Skip. Including (laughs) one match against Skip. Would love to find some footage of that. So that is The Undertaker's complete casket match legacy, but we said we're doing the complete history of the casket match, which means we've got to have a little appendix here uh, at the end and talk about some other matches. We are talking Taker, so we won't really go through these, but we should mention them here. Uh, There are, from my records, there are four other casket matches that took place across the history of WWE. Uh the first one took place in nineteen ninety nine, September twenty-third, uh where Midian and Viscera picked up a win in a handicap I casket this. match against Triple H. Yeah. Uh cool episode. Great Smackdown. episode of SmackDown. Great episode. Yeah, that's
2: the he has to go through all those trials uh to how uh, was he
1: five different gimmick matches? Yeah,
2: five match yeah, it's awesome. So that was fun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Midian gets to count himself as a casket match winner uh throughout history. Um and then Triple H competed in another one against Kane this time uh, on Raw. This is 2002, October
2: 28th. Watch Triple H always going to come steal Taker's signature matches, like the hell in a cell. the Cell. stealing the casket. I'm just
3: kidding. Well, so. he did
1: lose this one, though. Shawn Michaels popped out of the casket, hit Triple H with sweet shit music, and that allowed Kane to win. Dude, I know I was watching hardcore during this time. I really I don't really even remember this match I remember their rivalry of course but I, I really don't remember yeah. this match
2: I what year is this oh three
1: this is
2: 2, was 02. sounds familiar I, if I saw it I'd be like oh oh yeah I remember that I'd be like yeah it's there was a lot going on then
1: there was a lot going on then uh, this one I do remember because I thought it was mm-hmm. it was cool and, and fun and unique January 29th 2015 Daniel Bryan defeats Kane on Smackdown uh, yeah, so uh, love to see you know team hell no uh, coming a, uh, coming apart feuding with each other right here I dug this little match and then you should talk about this one man NXT Halloween Havoc 2022
2: yeah Apollo Cruz defeated Grayson Waller uh, at the Performance Center i Thought this match was fantastic. Uh, it wasn't a five star banger like Sheamus would say, but it was fun. It was fun that um, it fit the Halloween Havoc gimmick, and Grayson Waller did all the mocking of Taker during it, which was very cool, like a heel should. So, and Paul Cruz got the win, like the good guy should here in this match. So, really fun. Uh, they did a great job. It was very. It's probably the most second to Triple H or second to Taker and Sean, Probably the most, the second most, like athletic. As far as other stuff, you know, Casca Matcher sure is. So, uh, it was very fun. I'm glad they brought it back. I love when NXT looks to the past and does that kind of stuff. So, new Batch of the Beach or War Games or, uh, Vengeance Day, like kind of like a St. Valentine's Day massacre. So, I, I love that they do that kind of stuff. And it was fun to bring this back. So,
1: uh, I need to go watch it. <laughs> uh, that's cool. I, I do dig Grayson Waller. I, uh, He's fantastic. I watched him on Survivor. He was on Australian wow. Survivor. That's crazy. I watched that, and then I ended up saw him on NXT. I was like, I know that guy, <laughs> and uh, he's probably going to be a main roster star. Uh, oh in, yeah, but sooner than later.
2: I hope so. He's got it.
1: Uh, and then I, I thought we could mention. You know, there are some other sort of. Uh, Evolutions of the casket match that have taken place uh, throughout the years in WWE. I would call the dumpster match, uh, which we've seen a couple times. You know, most famously,
2: you might call some of these casket matches dumpster. <laughs> I
1: dumpster would. <laughs> I would call them dumpster fire matches. Uh, uh, you oh, I uh, should cactus. have that. They should combine the inferno. They match should have a dumpster. Uh, match. That, it should be Baron Corbin's signature the dumpster <laughs> fire
2: match. That'd be awesome. Anyway, yeah.
1: well, he, uh, um. Uh, You had the New Age Outlaws versus Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. It's the same match as a casket match, except there's a dumpster outside instead of a coffin. Uh, The Buried Alive match, which took place, uh, has taken place much fewer times than the casket match. It's a little bit harder to set up the arena for that. But it's essentially uh, the next step of a casket match. Instead of throwing someone in a casket, you're literally throwing them in the grave and burying them under their grave. But sort of the same idea there. And then you talked about it earlier. The Undertaker had a last ride match, which is a casket match, except it's in a hearse instead of a a casket. So sort of all sort of the same idea there. And then there have been a number of casket matches outside of the WWE. Of course, they didn't involve The Undertaker, but uh, we should definitely mention them here uh, as we close things out. Uh, One of them took place in Lucha Underground. And I didn't see this. Uh, I never really got into Lucha Underground. But this is pretty cool. Mil Muertes, who was drafted by Randy Turco uh, onto his Ministry of Darkness, on our Ministry of Darkness fantasy draft. Another very fun episode, uh, if you never listened to that. He had a casket match uh, a few times in Lucha Underground. And one of them was against a guy named Prince Puma, who you might recognize in the WWE as Ricochet. Rick O'Shea. In yeah. a casket right. match. That's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, and then there was a handful of casket matches throughout the history of TNA, Impact, Total Non-Stop Action. This one has got to be the most random casket match of all time. D'Lo <laughs> Brown defeated Sonny Siaki on September 17, 2003. Heard.
2: Sonny Siaki. <laughs> so that was still probably September 'o three. I wonder if they're still doing the weeklies.
1: I think that's at the fairgrounds. Yeah, for sure.
2: Cause they started in no two did it for, yeah, that's they, crazy. Yeah.
1: They weren't at like the, uh, they weren't on like Fox sports for another couple of years. I don't think.
2: Yeah. That's crazy.
1: What a weird, random casket match. I have no idea the story or the reasoning behind that. Uh, yes, this next one, man, your boy, the man called sting defeats yeah. Abyss. It's called a last rights match. It takes place. Destination X, pay-per-view, March 11th, 2007. It's basically a casket match, except at the end, the casket match is raised to the ceiling uh, after the match is over, into the heavens. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, where does the wrestler go? He just gets out and walks down the stairs? Um, that's crazy.
1: But, never uh, interesting connection. Sting never faced Undertaker, but he did have a Last Rites slash casket match there,
2: there. And Abyss is a producer, there. Well, you know, so.
1: Abyss faced the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro at Final Resolution 2010 on December 5th in a casket match. Should
2: have faced the Pope in the last Rights match.
1: <laughs> that would have made more sense. <laughs> made more obviously. Sense. <laughs> uh Mr. Anderson uh, defeated Bully Ray on Impact television on February 13th, 2014, in a casket match. And then this is kind of neat. The only women's casket match that I found record of in any major company took place May 31st, 2018, as Sue Young, who I believe Randy Turco also drafted, uh, defeated Allie, who is the bunny on AEW TV, yeah. in a casket match. Wow. How about that?
2: How about it? Yeah, I wouldn't have known half of those, So, because I didn't pay attention to most of that stuff. <laughs>
1: nope, nope. I, I don't think I've ever seen any of those, but... Uh, no. I have seen a couple of these. Uh, why don't you talk about the AEW casket matches? Yeah. or are they coffin matches? I think they're coffin matches.
2: Coffin matches, yeah. So this Darby Allen, that's his specialty, and I do love that he's kept that uh, legacy alive. You know, brought it back. Cool. It's cool. He's got a, he's a he's an enigma, man. He's a unique character and got a lot of charisma for not uh, having to say much. He just captivates the crowd. He's got it. But uh, he's had two, I think, um, with Ethan Page at Fighter Fest twenty twenty one. On July 14th and in Austin, Texas against Andrade El Idolo. Who knows where he is? Uh, on Dynamite in Pittsburgh in April of 2022. So I, Another guy I think should go back to WWE and do better. But anyway, eh, I'll stop. Eh. I'll um, stop
1: there. <clears throat> I haven't seen the match against uh, Andrade. I watched the Ethan Page match live uh, on TV. I think I texted you, man. I, I said, that is one of the best... Coffin matches I have ever seen. I thought it was so much fun, so fresh, so unique. Darby Allen, yeah, he brought such a unique. Uh, spin on it and twist on it. Obviously, he's a much different worker than The Undertaker, so he's going to bring a much yeah. different style to that match. I loved it. I thought it was so much fun and I, I hope he does many, many more of these throughout yeah. All Elite Wrestling and, and keeps that legacy alive. It could become his new, his signature match, much like mm-hmm. it became The Undertaker's because I think he's going to be around for a long, long time if he yeah. can well, stay healthy. He'll himself. he yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. kill himself. Unless he becomes Jeff Hardy. Imagine,
2: you know. Yeah. So yeah
1: well very cool does it man that is the history of the casket match um let me give you one last question Travis. undertaker like we said his record is 147 uh Mm. 21 and one i would hate for him to sit at 147 he's so close to 150 wins if undertaker were to have three more casket matches that he's going to win to get him to 150 wins who would you put in there, modern day, against The Undertaker, to make that happen? I got a couple ideas. Um, I'll start out. I was literally gonna say this before Monday Night happened at uh, Raw Thirty. I was gonna say LA Knight would be one of the guys I would say because he is such a, you know, arrogant, smarmy, old mm-hmm. school kind of heel. You know, he could have the promos on TV, and it would be so satisfying to see him get the choke slam and tombstone to get thrown in the casket uh, against Undertaker. So that, I'll, I'll put that one in there. That, that can be number 148.
2: Okay. Uh, so you're saying he comes back now and has three more. He comes back in Is 2023.
1: You know, similar to our uh, Forbidden Door episode, let's say yeah. he's on three pay per views in twenty twenty three. Who's he going to face in casket matches? To, okay, to get so LA
2: Knights one, that's good. I think I'd, I'd like to see a Bray Wyatt. Okay, he can defeat Bray Wyatt in it, but there could be some kind of shenanigans and break and Uncle Howdy this and skip out. And it could, you know, Br- Bray's character taking a loss sometimes doesn't really matter. Just like sometimes I oh, think yeah. he didn't, you know?
1: Same thing. Taker
2: can take a loss and it was fine. So that'd be cool too.
1: Well, uh, what do you think about Randy Orton for number 150? Because he never got that win back. Never got that win back. He Maybe he avenges the loss in a singles match. You there could you have go. Cowboy Bob in the crowd you know, maybe he, you know, takes a cast on. Yeah. You know, he he tries to interfere, but he, he, he could be a part of it. Again, it wouldn't hurt Randy in the slightest to lose that kind of match. And I I think the way where Randy's at in his career right now, him and Taker could probably have a, a really simple, but, but really good match.
2: Oh yeah. It'd be, it'd probably be really good actually. So, you know what, edge wouldn't be half bad either to have an edge or oh fin, fin, oh you wait, could do some, something with Judgment Damian, Day Damien Priest would be
1: great Taker is a big fan of his oh I didn't think about that you could mm, have a lot Damian of Priest. interference with, with yeah. Dom and Rhea Ripley even
2: Damien Priest I, I, let's take Wyatt off I've already had that let's go Damien I Priest. like that uh, I like that a lot yeah let's do that okay, okay. we got Ellie Knight Damien Priest and who'd you say Orton. Randy Randy yeah, yeah. Let's
1: do those three. Okay. I dig it. That's going to get undertaker to 150 wins in our fantasy book. Cross our fingers. Pray. Maybe one day we could get that. So, uh, folks tell us what we missed, you know, fact check us. Tell us if, if I messed things up here, uh, did my best, uh, trying to research this and, and worked along with Travis to make this happen. But please, uh, tell us if we missed something. Tell us if you were there as Travis always says, if you're at any of these rare house show casket matches, Uh, I was never at any of them, but I'd love to hear. Surely some of our listeners were at uh, one of these rare house show casket matches. That would be cool to hear. Um, Uh, Heck yeah. And uh, you know, all the usual stuff, follow us at talking taker, Uh, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, Uh, go back and listen to our archive episodes. Um, We had a. Awesome, very fun January, doing the Rumble 98. Not only the Undertaker's match, but we had that bonus episode with Mike and JV from the Bottom Line Wrestling cast. If you didn't catch that, please go back and catch that. Uh, I've also, you know, I've been doing the Back from the Dead, reposting some classic Talking Taker episodes at the top of our feed. Because we've got over 200 episodes. We're in our sixth year of podcasting. And uh, some of those early episodes you may have never heard, you may have never listened to. Uh, so I uh, want to repost those. Go check those out. I do. I do a little quick uh, intro and uh, new, um, just context for those. So so go back and listen to those. Uh, and then,
2: if you're listening right now, uh, the day this comes out, Royal Rumble was just a few days ago. So congratulations to the winner, Tajiri. Heyo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you have
2: any actual <laughs> predictions? Uh, my actual prediction is Cody Rhodes. I love it. It makes sense. I don't know why people were up in arms because the WWE announced him earlier and as coming back. We don't need everyone to be a surprise. I talked about this to you the other week. Triple H's return in 2002 was up three weeks before the Rumble. It was amazing and epic. He came back. He won the Rumble, and it was perfect. Nobody cared. I hope Randy, I hope Cody does the same thing. Hope he comes back. They announce his comeback. He's coming of Rumble. I hope he wins it. Goes on to face Roman at
3: Mania. So,
1: I'll tell you what, I have not been this intrigued as far as how we're gonna get to WrestleMania. Who's gonna end up facing mm-hmm. Roman Reigns? How this works out with the the titles and all of that. Yeah, you know, split you've them got or the not, so. huge story with the Bloodline, but then you have got Cody Rhodes. You, still you got got the chance of The Rock, you know? I know that there's been rumors saying he's not going to be there, but, you, you know, you never know. You never say elimination never.
2: Elimination Chamber is in Montreal, um, which is where KO and Sammy are from. There's so a that's lot going lot on month in between. There. So, yeah, a lot of be crazy stuff going on. really interesting to
1: see what happens. I will be watching for sure. Um, so what I want to do, I wanted to shout out a new listener to the show, Justin Bottoms, and uh, he is at Twinsons underscore 77 on Twitter, uh, he messaged me regarding our last episode. Um, or, uh, yeah, I think it was our last episode. It was something we talked about. Maybe it was on social media or something. I don't know. Uh, but we, we talked, we talked about raw 30 earlier. He messaged me about raw 25. Oh, that's right. He's been, he, he started at the beginning and he's been going through our catalog recently. So he just recently started. So he's talking about, we talked about raw 25. He said that, um, the undertaker came out that night with no gloves on. He came out in like the robe, um, but he didn't have, you know, the MMA gloves on. And he said, that's because he left the gloves in the ring at WrestleMania 33. And uh, we must have like wondered about that or or not realized that on that episode. And he uh, gave us the correction there. So appreciate that, Justin. Uh, And thank you so much. I always think it's incredible. Uh, And it, it, it like, uh, it just makes me smile whenever I hear it someone me. start. Yeah. yeah, start at the beginning and has gone yeah. through it. And and I think you know that's so cool about this podcast is you. It's evergreen. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You can go through uh, and, and pick and choose if you're just watching random stuff on Peacock and, and you're watching a pay per view from 2003 or 1996. You can go listen to our we'll episode fill right it. In. Yeah, yeah. You can hear us talk about. It. It's a great way to relive that. Uh, think twin sons. Twin sons
2: if he's a fan of Star Wars or something Tatooine the twin sons
1: I'm gonna guess probably yeah I'm gonna guess probably yeah uh I want to shout out to some other uh, fr- uh, old school friends and new school friends of the podcast. Uh, the Bottom Line Wrestling cast, of course, going through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. They just recently did an episode about Celebrity Deathmatch and Stone Cold Good Steve Austin's night. involvement in that. Judge Boy, no how blame. a show I watched all the time back in high school. Loved it so much. Uh want to give a shout out to our boy pokey's little dog randy turco congratulate him on the yeah. birth of his second child of his first daughter congratulations randy hope you're giving that uh take your easy onesie some new life uh with the right. second baby um I want to give a shout-out to our boy, Tommy. Tommy from Watch Along Wrestling. Watch Along Tommy. He's been going through some health issues, and we want to uh, wish him the best. But uh, it should have released by now, but I was actually on his YouTube channel uh, ranking the top ten Royal Rumble matches of all time. Me and him went back and forth ranking our <coughs> favorite Royal Rumbles, uh, so check that out on his YouTube channel. I'm sure we have shared it and put it on our uh, social media page by now. Uh, Steven Zeman, Collecting Dead Man. want to shout him out, as always, uh, with his podcast. Uh, often with Randy Turco on the show as well. Uh, do you remember Matt Northrup, Travis? Yeah. From uh, yeah. from Lakeside? He really? commented on our Instagram page, old uh, Hurley Mancino, as we used to call him. Nice. Uh, I, I posted a picture for Raw 30 of Taker and Damien Demento doing a little face-off. And... Uh, <laughs> Maybe made me laugh out loud. He commented, Damien Demento holding on to that hair till the final count. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Damien's <Right>. little ponytail that <laughs> he's got back there. I loved that. <laughs> that Thank you no for doubt. that, Matt. You made me laugh out loud. Appreciate that. And then a new podcast. We got to shout this out, Travis, because how about this? What a small world, man. The wrestling winos podcast they are at wrestling winos on twitter and instagram they just started their podcast just came out and it is uh i believe it's five women that have started this podcast um sort of sort of like the view of, of wrestling podcasts that you're talking about just about modern day wrestling uh what's going on what, their opinions their thoughts on it but one of the hosts we go way back, man. We we went to high school with Monique.
2: Uh, went uh, elementary broadcast. and middle school with her. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I guess we, yeah, yeah. We yeah, we went to middle school. Because we went to the he same lived. middle school, but you went to elementary school.
2: Yeah, Monique uh, went lived one street behind where I live or in front of where I live, wherever. Grew up. And so very cool. Congratulations on this podcast. Glad you guys are doing. This. So very exciting. You,
1: what did you say about her as a as a wrestling fan back in the day, oh, Moni loved Big Show.
2: She loved Big. We talked about <laughs> we'd be on the bus on on you know on the way to school talking about Raw and Nitro, and she'd always wanted to talk about what Big Show was doing. She loved Big Show.
1: That's what I remember. Uh, that's amazing. I wonder if she still is a, is a fan. But uh, she she and all of the women on this podcast acknowledged the Tribal Chief, and that was a we big topic of conversation. No doubt. I nice acknowledge podcast. them too. <laughs> I'm sure they enjoyed the, the Raw 30 episode. But uh, yeah. check them out. If you want to plug them and just wish them the best of luck as they embark on their podcasting endeavor Wrestling Winos. Go check that out if you get a chance. Man. I don't know what the heck we're doing next month. Month of March, uh, I, I guess it's technically WrestleMania season, but now We could do a- WrestleMania April March April. So yeah, we might. We could do both. So we'll talk about it. We'll uh, discuss it. A lot of great anniversaries coming up this year yeah. uh, as far as WrestleMania matches. Uh, so uh, we'll t- discuss that off air. But, you know, tune in March 1st for the next episode, Talking Taker. Look for a, a new edition of Back from the Dead on the podcast feed. And, uh, man. That's all I got, man. Appreciate you doing this. This was fun, very unique, very different. I hope people enjoyed it.
2: Good idea, man. Thanks for taking us to class, Professor Casket. Uh, So yeah, we hope you guys got your PhD in Casketology tonight. You passed, you successfully passed 101 to 501 class. So there will um, be a pod quiz. There will be a pod quiz at the end. Yes, pod um, quiz. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, if you were there any of these, especially the Tel Aviv Israel match, we would love to know that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what did you think of Raw Thirty? Uh, what did you think of this episode? Uh, give some suggestions for other th- episodes we could do coming up. And uh, yeah, thank you for always listening. Be safe out there, and as always, crazy.
3: Forgot to make more and falling prey. You know the cause. The casket mark. Oh, years that's closed. Christ has benefit? You've made a terrible, terrible mistake.
4: The Yoko's doing a me one time, you and that rotting flesh you call an entourage, you've made a big mistake. Yokozuna, I don't make mistakes.